Uh, a guest recently told me that they, like, that, that they're going to be on the show and they're excited about it, but they were like, it's very controversial. And I'm like, what episode did you listen to? <laughs> <laughs> but what I like about it, it's like, there's this kind of like speculative undertone to it. I mean, it's like we, you know, it seems like it, it's, it's very different in a way where you get to appear into um, other artists worlds in a very unique way. Like it's, it's unconventional in that sense. You know, I'm excited think, that, to hear yeah. that. Uh, cause I, I really literally make it in a vacuum and, you know, like, I don't know how many of my friends actually listen to it, but they only really bring up, it's not like I have a lot of feedback. <laughs> 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 so when I hear it, it's you like, it, it's just, it catches me off guard a little bit to know that, because uh, on a very real level, I am getting something out of the experience, even if no mm -hmm. one was listening to it. Mm -hmm. So uh, I don't know. I do feel like I expose a lot of my ignorance, which is great. <laughs> but the more people listen to it. Uh, it's, it's like a one-on-one -on -one learning session, you know, like. Yeah, it's, it's fun. It's a, a, a surveillance MOOC. <laughs> <laughs> Well, thank you so much for listening to it, and uh, I really appreciate the the notes. It's uh, it's very positive uh, and puts me in a good mood. So we're already off to a good start. Um, awesome. Le let me do my intro, and then we'll go from there. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I would say I'm definitely most interested in the worthless areas. Yeah. yeah. Welcome to What's My Thesis. I'm your host, Javier Proenza. Every week, my guests and I share the answers we found to the questions we have. Join us as we explore and expand our worldview through research and ask, what's my thesis? And my guest today, I, I feel like, here, I need to at least look at how it's written, if I'm going to try to say it, because <laughs> it could become very problematic. Uh, hold on, where's the Skype? So, I mean, Laura... Is is the easy part? Uh huh. But oh, here here we go. Hyun Ji Kim. Perfect. Okay. Oh my gosh, that's very very good. Yeah. Well, I mean, I I I made an effort to read it this time. <laughs> the the H throws off a lot of people. So. Yeah, but it comes after a J, so I know all about tricky letters because mine is Javier. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. I, well, I wanted to ask you about that also because I think Latin American cultures are very much about keeping Latin American names, like very Spanish uh -huh. names. But I've noticed that a lot of... Uh, where are you from, specifically? Um, I was born in Palo Alto, actually, but um, my folks are in Korea now. In Korea. So, but you yeah. speak it fluently, I've, I've noticed. Yeah, which is, I, I, I'm very bilingual. Yeah, so, so you're like me, but from Korea. In a sense. From, in a sense. First American, I, um, first generation American. I was American. born with two names, basically. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. So I was born here, so I, by default, um, named Laura. And then Hyunji was, um, my, my parents selected it from um, a string of names my grandparents gave them. So mm -hmm. that's, I was born with two names. And I was always called Hyunji in, um, and my Korean friends call me Hyunji. And, oh, okay. Um, yeah, and all of my English. How does that play work. on your um, on your my sense identity? of yeah? That's crazy. <laughs> yeah, I I think it's it it's so natural. Like uh -huh. I don't even think about it. I just respond immediately, and um, it's it's my name. And and now I it's Laura Kanji. Um, I used to go by just like Laura Kim. I kind of. You know, God, God didn't use my Korean name, but then there are so many Laura Kims out there. Yeah. <laughs> that, uh, yeah. And then I just started to insert my middle name. And um, yeah, I, uh, I'm now, a, I'm a full Amer uh, 
U.S. citizen because uh, there was a brief moment where dual citizen wasn't allowed in Korea. And so now if I go to Korea, my legal um, name is, uh, yeah, Laura Hyunji Kim. So it's it's pretty interesting to think about, yeah, your your geolocation, citizenship. Well, I also wonder because I noticed, I mean, in... um I've, I, the only uh, place in Asia that I've been to is the Philippines, so it's mm-hmm. my, <laughs> it's the entire basis of my understanding. But uh, I did notice that over there, there's like, well, the names are very, um, uh, uh, it, like, there are Javier's there, mm-hmm. and there, yep. yeah, there's a, because of Spanish colonialism. Yep. But then I also noticed that there are because of the relationship to the U.S. military. I think it was like a staging ground. And mm. they, and they kind of got fucked in the process by MacArthur. Yeah. They got like car, uh, uh, f- uh, what's it called, firebombed or whatever. It's like when they just level cities. So, uh, but their relationship is really oddly intertwined with American militarism. Like, there's like mm-hmm. restaurant chains that are um, very. Uh, I don't know. Like, there it's there's like this weird American patriotism that happens over mm. there. Does that happen in South Korea or because because yeah, that I, I that, think, that name yeah. thing seems to be a consistent thing? I know a lot of people that have very like Roger names and then very Korean last names and and specifically yeah. with Koreans. I don't know if that is across the board. Um, there's something about I mean I think uh, not so much in terms of names per se, but the U.S. military was stationed in Seoul um, and for a very long time. Yeah, and um, they're moving out. That was that's the plan, and it's very very slow. It's a long process, but um, there is a lot of I think I see it more in popular culture, um, which is what I talk about in my work a lot as well. Um, just kind of uh, like. I don't like the word worship per se, but mm-hmm. some sort of admiration and and desire to be able to adopt it. Um, and I think it's been overturning a lot with like K-pop culture. Um, yeah, there is which is of, its like, own like thing that's I don't yeah. understand at all, but it's fascinating. <laughs> I mean, it's, I don't hate on it. I just balance, I feel like in terms of culture, but uh, now it seems like, but. Um, and as far as names go, it's interesting because a lot of my, even my Korean friends would convert their Korean names into a more speak, like easier, like word, you know, like for, like if you're, um, like, I don't know, um, if your name is like Min something like, or if it's longer then you would go by Min, um, or you just adopt a, like a totally American name, like, uh, I don't know, Anne or Susan. And so, (laughs) 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 um, I find that super interesting and, um, well, I can kind of see it too in terms of efficiency. Um, like my Korean name is kind of difficult to pronounce. And um, oftentimes when there's art shows, my name would be listed wrong or referred to <laughs> wrongly. They keep drop the H or they somehow convert the EE to I. Yeah, some some person's just like typing it out and it's like, yeah, I got it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't double check it. <laughs> At the same time, names are names. Um, I, everybody has a different relationship with their names. And yeah. for me, it's just another word. Um, and I think the less emphasis I put on it, the less a power it has. And so that's Mm -hmm. where, uh, that's what I've been thinking more and more. Um, I used to be way more, uh, like, no, you have to pronounce it this way, but now I'm just like, yeah, Yeah, that gets exhausting. Yeah. It's just another label that I hope to (laughs) not be part. I don't know. Yeah. Well, I just realized that when I first moved out here, um, like I've had, I've had today, someone was telling me that I look Jewish and, Mm. and I was like, what do you mean by that dude because <laughs> i don't have a problem with looking jewish i know that about yeah. myself but you were so emphatic about like how i could look like it's nothing else specific way of like profiling somebody i had somebody um tell me that you must be korean because you have higher cheekbones and most koreans have higher Whoa. cheekbones and i was like i really don't know what that means like <laughs> i do know what that means do i like it probably i don't really yeah, not really, but uh, yeah. okay. If that's your way of profiling people um, according to what they look like, yep. Yeah, well, whatever. It's crazy, <laughs> but but that's it is, yeah. The the with going back to names, that's that's mm-hmm. one of the things that happened with me. I used to be Javi, but when I came oh. out here, everybody was. Uh, 
Like people just didn't understand that I was Hispanic and they still kind of don't mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. <laughs> whenever there's a list of names and someone has uh-huh. to guess what, which one of mine is there, they'd never go Javier. They always pick like something else. Right. And so I started going by Javier cause people were confusing it with Javi and ah. <laughs> which is like a Middle Eastern name. And, mm-hmm. you know, like I had some sort of like Cuban pride. <laughs> I speak Spanish and a lot of people out here that are that are uh, of Hispanic descent don't. So it was like, you know, my I wanted to rep for my abuelita. But then I've realized uh-huh. that I've lost like the Javi part of it. You know, I used to be uh-huh. Javi and, and I saw I, I signed it the other day and I was like, oh, this is like weird, you know. Do you I was feel ta- like a different person in certain ways? Like when I, you I feel used to like, go by Javi versus Javier? I feel like it's less intimate. I feel like I don't mm-hmm. I don't have people that like and I, also in high school people used to call me Hav and that was really mm-hmm. intimate. So like I think that somehow I've ended up growing up my name. I'm just going to go by Javi now because I've kind of gotten over my, like, <laughs> uh, my, you know, my own uh, bigotries about being mislabeled. But, like, it is one of those things that it didn't help that when people were like, oh, you're not Persian, they were relieved, which I've talked about before. But it's mm. like, it's just, it's that awkward thing. Not to make this, because you want to talk <laughs> about blobs, and I know that. So <laughs> we can transition into that. But, I mean, it's actually, it, it's really relevant. Like, everything we're talking about right now yeah. is where the blob whole thing comes from. I mean, it is about the hybridity. It is about, it really started from, yeah, thinking about bi- being bilingual, bicultural, and thinking language very differently. Um, or finding a way to create my own language. Um, and you know, it's, it's as, you know, having two names, you constantly have to negotiate like which cultural part you play. And, um, and it's interesting to have it so separated into two personas, right? Like, like just there, it's almost like you have two different character names or like you are Clark Kent and Superman or another feminine version. (laughs) (laughs) Diana Prince and Wonder Wonder Woman. It's true. I mean, it's it's been very challenging for me, um, and especially when it comes to writing, um, because uh, I grew up in the States. I was born here. um, I was raised till I was nine. And then um, Korean was kind of like my second language language. I would speak Korean at home, but um, but then I was just thrown into public school in Korea. And then, yeah, and I was there till I was like 19. So I spent 10 years, which was like my whole education from elementary school to high school. And then I moved back to the States. Um, and you know, 19 years old, I, uh, English, I mean, the pronunciation was still pretty much there, but you know, the humor was so difficult to get, you know, um, (laughs) everything I would say would sometimes feel off or I would, use words the wrong way and feel, you know, not super confident. Um, and it sounds adorable though. (laughs) (laughs) It was pretty funny. I mean, every, and American uh, humor is very crude, you know, like anything you say could come off very raw and (laughs) that's happened constantly. And, um, and so for me to kind of relearn, not the language as much, but context, um, Uh and, that was tricky in um, college and then uh, studying art or being around you know artistic friends who are super open to it and thought you know kind of like they really helped me um, kind of re yeah like negotiate you know and and myself and be okay with the way I speak or they would find things hilarious and not question you know like what what do you really mean by using that word and so um that whole aspect of yeah art and uh kind of learning developing my own language has been a crucial part of my practice and what I do and and now, so how does the blob tie into that because it's, it's still such a nebulous concept but I think it is, is, is it something is it similar to how, like how people think of bubbles yeah like I, personal like you know cultural bubbles and like people never coming into contact with people that disagree with them kind of thing it's much more than that okay. no no but is that is that yeah, approaching yeah. how you think about it or it is. okay it is. yeah it's it's um so I got interested um with blobs because i was hearing it the word over and over again and the more <laughs> consciously thought about it 
the more uh, it would come up, you know, like when people are trying to talk about a concept, a feeling or something that you can't like express or efficiently um, talk about through words, you know, like, oh, it's this feeling I have, like, it's like blob or this um, looking at new media, digital art work online and seeing a lot of like blobby people or even like abstract blobby paintings and um i tried to talk about that blobby to my, in, the, in in terms of form when you're talking yeah, about painting shape and okay. it started from there and i was like trying to talk about my it to my parents um in korean and there wasn't really a word <laughs> to describe <laughs> what blob meant you know i couldn't just succinctly say it i yeah. have to just talk about oh it's like a it, you know an ink droplet that it's like liquidy, blotchy, <laughs> plop, gooey. Um, but also it required a lot of just like gestures and, and my face like kind of like scrunching up. <laughs> my first thought is, um, have you, did you try to show them the movie The Blob and then be like, that? <laughs> How do you say that, mom? <laughs> <laughs> Not really. But The Blob, uh, the movie actually, uh, so the, the word itself started in um, – could be found traced back to the 15th century Middle English, okay. and the cha- the meaning of it didn't really change. And um, I searched on Google Mention, and I saw it increasing around like 1950s, which is when the movie The Blob came out, um, one of the first movies that Steve McQueen starred as the lead. And really? so that from the 50s, the word kept being used over and over again. And um, Currently, it's like the highest point, like as in terms of the curve on Google Mentions. I don't know if you search. Really, so there. this is like something yeah. happening in the zeitgeist that I just haven't noticed. That's awesome. Yeah, I don't know <laughs> a lot, but at least around um, people, I feel like uh, uh, around me say it a lot. So and this is in you. You you're in San Francisco. I know you're in Mountain Time right now. What's yeah? I I moved to. Uh, from San Francisco to Boulder, Colorado, um, Ooh, okay. two years ago. Yeah, I'm I, I'm getting my PhD here, and so, um, yeah, it was a transition moving here, and so, uh, not so the word hasn't been used as much here in Boulder, but the more I talk about it, uh, people around <laughs> me just end up using influencer. Like, oh, <laughs> yeah, in a in a certain way, I guess. So, I'm a blobby influencer. You're gonna start um, a cult on of the blob. Yeah. <laughs> and so it's just um it's so it started with me investigating this word as a shape, you know, as a form, a phenomena. And the more I looked into it, I started uh it started popping up online in so many different uh disciplines, like uh studies. Like okay. there's like there's, scientific studies too yeah, or yeah, okay. like blobology is a thing. Um to Blobology? Talk about. Yeah, blobology. <laughs> uh, and there's also um, I'm just gonna isolate you saying that blobology. <laughs> blobology, <laughs> make, which is make that my it, ringtone. Blobology, yeah. blobology. <laughs> blah 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 blobology. You can rap about it too if you want to. But, <laughs> um, it's it's you know it's used in also in like neuroscience to talk about parts of the brain that's blotchy when you take an MRI photo. Um, but you don't, I, really I question it, the professionalism yeah. of applying that word in that context. Oh, it, it, it's, it, they call it pop neuroscience. And so it's, it's, you know, it's, it's a bastard child. <laughs> okay. It's popular. Yeah. And, uh, but it's, you know, it, it was very confusing. And the more I tried to define it, the more, um, I realized I was trying to use very like a linear definition um, uh, and which comes from a lot of just pulling from existing definitions. And so in order to think more about blobs in a conceptual way, I had to rethink the way I think, which, you know, mm-hmm. is a challenge on itself. And so I started to depart from how people were using the word blobology or, you know, blobotomy, uh, blobjects, <laughs> blobism, which is a real architectural movement. Um, blobism? Yeah, it's uh, as the technology for curvilinear um, uh, modeling was possible, you know, there's like Anish Kapoor, like giant cloud uh, okay. mirror sculpture in um, Chicago is oh the kidney bean that example. they call it yeah that's a good example of, of blobism it's um, very or, very intense blob now that I think yeah. about it yep and blobjects also are those like beanie kind of chairs um, yeah or yeah so it's used in so many different contexts and um, so I started to kind of use blob as a lens for seeing you know things around me mm-hmm. and as a language to start imagining alternate worlds. Um, 
and, you know, rethink about the world that I am part of. And it's nothing like super radical, um, to look through the lens of a blob, uh, <laughs> but it helped me really understand the way I speak or connect the dots um, and articulate my ideas through non-articulation, which is super blobby. And uh, <laughs> and also then it became this whole thing about, you know, what about things without words and words that orbit around things, but can never quite land. And so it became a lot about, uh, I use this word, uh, philosophy, like philosophy. <laughs> um, so an intuitive philosophy? Yeah, exactly. And thinking about, you know, what are those moments or times when you can't fully convey your thoughts or ideas or just, yeah, the way you feel with another person, like that's the blob in itself. And so it became very much about this nuanced way of speaking or um, interpreting ways um, in a whole new, like from a whole new angle. And so, um, you know, it requires a lot of delabeling, you know, unlearning, untraining and assumptions mm. and things you already know. Um, also letting go. Of Specifically the- about the blob or this is like personal Oh, it's just coming from the blob, <laughs> speaking okay. through the blob. <laughs> speaking through the blob has yeah, has start... helped you redefine, like, can you give me an ex- a specific example? Because we're getting pretty abstract at this point. Yeah. I, <laughs> <laughs> I um, want to ground it a little bit for myself. Yeah, this all, yeah, this all kind of comes from, um, so I wrote this uh, book that's coming out next month called Entering the Blobosphere and I'm I, Using I, Blobs. And I was thinking, yeah. oh, I'm so glad she's putting this into a book because. <laughs> <laughs> so it's a whole thing. There's like 100 pages of blobs uh, that consists of speculative theory, um, experimental thought processes that uh, talks about it, but also isn't talking about it. Um, <laughs> and it starts kind of like with a blobifesto, which is a manifesto declaring the hybridity of a blob and also of um, kind of resisting um, definitions and, mm. uh, more so like single linear narratives. And, uh, yeah, it starts with like a line that says a blob is a raw amorphous form. A blob is a potentiality. A blob is a faceless provocateur. A blob is a embodiment of sensibilities. And it goes on and on and on, mm-hmm. um, to the point where, uh, it goes into, uh, to, to think about blobs in a more, concise or uh, <laughs> uh, interesting way, I uh, decided to kind of use, uh, create this uh, uh, prof- uh, <laughs> persona. Um, <laughs> Wait, did you, yeah. did you pronounce persona in a weird way or did you just, were you just laughing? I was just laughing. Oh, okay, no, because you did, because you did yeah. say feel or what was the other one that you, you did make oh, up? Fe- well philosophy philosophy (laughs) i did i wanted to make sure i didn't miss another one of those yeah philosophy (laughs) is a term that um has been used um, (laughs) among other people um but i decided to take on this role of a blobologist okay and uh go through like find different words that um start with blob or come up with words that could be um replaced with the word blob and so um like blobability blobby blobberance blobify <laughs> blobber blob scene um blob and, scene. yeah <laughs> and blobject that's almost more provocative objectives. of like unsettling imagery oh <laughs> blob scene <laughs> blobsolescence um <laughs> and or blobosophy which is uh <laughs> the first time that i became aware of you well i mean i was following you already but then i was like who the fuck is this girl <laughs> dancing with an eggplant and <laughs> and yep, that's when yep. i was like what so yeah i i already have a sense of like the universe you live in but yeah this whole like blob journey <laughs> has been <laughs> quite fascinating and um in a way also i never thought i would write like writing Creative writing has been a crucial part of a lot of the script writing I do, or even like in the Instagram videos you saw, which is um, what I call consume like uh, no one is watching. Consume like everyone is watching. That's the whole Mm -hmm. series with eggplant and dancing with household objects. But um, what about the ones where you uh, 
talk about the third eye having to do with like your yeah. broccoli diet. <laughs> so that you know, the whole like that uh, that's also called um, I call it analog sentiment. So me tr- or personal fiction um, trying to <laughs> figure out uh, ways to talk through incoherence or create <laughs> speculative logic to fill in the gaps of things I can't explain or things I would like to understand. And I also like to say, like trying to make sense of things that don't make sense to me. And I think that kind of, for me, it's such a humbling process. Um, so, you know, it's stupid it's yeah, in yeah. a way. Um, but I think stu- there's but so fucking much, hilarious though. <laughs> yeah. There's so much like about stupidity that I think we lose, like, and especially the more I'm in, you know, um, getting mean deep with academics or talking about theory. Like I think the being able to step back and look at like what is being talked about, um, in a more like, uh, in awestruck way yeah. <laughs> is very helpful. And I try not to I let can, go of that curiosity in a lot of what I do. I can't yeah. imagine you in a room full of academics, like starting a party, like, <laughs> oh yes, I start dance Just, parties. <laughs> I know dancing is a big thing for you. Definitely. Yeah, <laughs> kinesthetic learning is a huge process. <laughs> how does that, how does that fit into blobbing blobbing um i think because it's also is there have you come up with a dance form that does is the blob because you definitely come up with like the typewriter you know like you 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 play off of the idea of the running man yeah (laughs) (laughs) and you're just going to happen yeah it's uh from june 1st to 15th i have a residency with um like online residency with Long's project, which is this amazing community of writers and artists um, based in the UK. And I will be creating um, a, yeah, different movements for blobs. And mm-hmm. I have a friend uh, named Chris Kareni who is, who created all these like original sounds for it. And so, yeah, that's <laughs> going to definitely happen because yeah, it's for me, um, part of the blobbing is, um, Blobbing is languaging, and languaging can either be through written words, but also through movement, gestures, and even facial expressions. And my definition of everything is super broad, which is probably why (laughs) I can stretch it to whichever extent I want it to be. But um, that's definitely happening. (laughs) How How are you bridging the gap between... Because you're obviously in a in a space that's very much um, abstracted to sort of facilitate a new kind of thinking for yourself, but you have to communicate this with people. Obviously, I kind mm-hmm. of follow, uh, <laughs> <laughs> and I stop yeah. you where I get lost. But that's great. I'm glad you're doing that. <laughs> but um, but do you do? what is it frustrating to have to switch back because i mean i i can definitely relate to the idea of sort of and i think uh, hopefully a lot of artists can too where you just Mm -hmm. uh get into your own space but then um i don't like it it can be difficult to sort of communicate like what you're on (laughs) right and i think that is part of it which is what I came to realize recently um, over the past few months. Um, I had the opportunity to talk about my work a lot. And it, in a way, like just seeing the array, and I'm, I'm, I constantly make, you know, whether it's through social media, whether it's Sorry, through... I'm getting a phone call and it won't oh, go yeah. away. It's, it sucks because it's coming through my phone. And I don't know how to put do, do not disturb on that shit. Also, you have a very uh, generic ringtone. I'm kind of taken aback. <laughs> Which oh, the, uh, that's because it's ringing through the. Um, I might that actually might be my ringtone. I don't take a lot of phone calls. Um, I, I may have forgotten to update it on this new phone. <laughs> I used to have a cool one. I used to have uh, solvent, but yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I guess yeah. like I've just fallen into cell phone use. Sorry, what were you saying? Oh no, um, that's all coming so, out. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> and so uh, yeah, presenting my work um, and figuring out the best way to talk about it has always been quite a challenge because I, you know, I perform, make videos, make new media work, um, digital art, and write, and so there's all these different forms that I work with, but. Um, in a way, what's always, you know, the thing that I'm always gravitated towards is learning through actually doing things mm-hmm. or um, 
uh, which was which in the term we call like practice-based research, you know, like making, 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 and thinking through the making. And that's such a crucial part of what I do. And so that plus like the thematics that I work with, which is, you know, I talk about technology. Um, mm-hmm. I'm interested in robots, AI. And then there's this whole other narrative, which I worked with um, for a long time, like um, that stems from more of like my autobiographical back, like, you know, autobiography or background um, and identity work. And so that um, talking about all of it in a way, it's, you know, the easiest way to talk about it is in abstract terms. But when you actually see the work, um, you can kind of get what I'm doing in a way, mm. you know, yeah, yeah, there's yeah. this kind of like feeling that you or sense of, um, I feel like many people who I talk to have never met, um, have a sense of who I am or no, the way definitely. I think. And so, so that in a way, uh, for me, I've been talking a lot about persona building. And so that also folds a lot into the blobs that we're talking about, blobologist or even on social media, because I'm portraying a specific part of who I am. Um, and using that as, uh, yeah, that's, that kind of clarifies the abstraction a little bit. Mm -hmm. Um, but, uh, cause I'm creating constantly creating worlds, like different ways of thinking, different ways of moving around and navigating the world that surrounds me. But it is definitely abstract. Um, it's not in a way like linear and I'm always trying to defy that. Like I, the more I am getting mean deep into, um, yeah, my thoughts and the way I make or think about it. Like I rather not have it defined and be more blobby than anything else that could be, Oh, this is what she does, or this is what the type of work that Laura makes. And so, yeah, trying not to be pigeonholed, but, um, also being, yeah, getting, going back to the humility part. Like, um, I have been, yeah, in a fortunate place where I can keep doing what I do and I love doing what I do. And so, (laughs) (laughs) yeah, it's, it's been very, uh, yeah, humbling in that sense, but also, which is probably why a lot of what I do or the way I talk about, um, everything is super abstract and, um, trying to be imaginative hopefully that will no it, and it, and it's it's engaging for sure but to but but on some level <laughs> i'm listening to you and I'm, and it just reminded me of like uh, the Smurfs where I'm like, okay, so (laughs) what did she mean by blob this time? (laughs) Which makes it engaging and fun on my part, but, (laughs) and not that it means the same as Smurf, but it is like, it's kind of like you've taken a word specifically and, uh, you know, I I don't know when, when when you were a kid, did you ever just sit and say a word over and over and over again until it lost its meaning? It seems like that's a little bit of the game that you're playing. Is that? Yeah. Repetition is a huge part of yeah. everything I do. And uh, I think that it not, it's not even just with words, too, with images, uh-huh. you know, um, doing the same gesture over and over again, how it changes. Or I love horror movies and um, or gory slashers. And the more violence you're exposed to, the numb, like the more numbing it gets. Yeah, and yeah. so I'm very aware of that part. Uh, for sure. And I, I don't know if I could ever get numb to Ichi the killer though. <laughs> oh, that's true. No, yeah. Yeah. Ooh, no, mm. that's a little extreme. Yeah. That's, that's sympathy so, for Mr. Vengeance not that, is, not that is I'm easier. Saying that I, yeah, I enjoy violence, but it's just, it's kind of like that process of yeah. like, um, which I don't know if it's a good thing or a bad thing, but for sure it's, uh, it's repetition is a huge part of what I do. And, um, I've always been fascinated with, uh, you know, hearing a new word once and then, you know, hearing it again, 48 hours within 48 hours. Uh, I think it's called, what's it called again? It's the, uh, something syndrome. Um, uh, I always forget the word, but there's a, yeah, there's a phenomena that goes with that. And, um, I think going back and forth between two different languages, um, Korean and English, there's always something new that I gravitate towards and be like, Oh, well, I heard that before, like a few days ago and now I'm hearing it again. And, um, yeah, in that case, actually the repetition accentuates the meaning of the word or what it means. First of all, I, I really want to thank you for taking the time because I know that you're really busy and you were just backing up that big semi truck. So, oh. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm really impressed with your ability to explain things and back up a truck. But no, actually, the, the, what you say about repetition, repetition is interesting and, and, and a little bit about like just it seems like 
you are um, you, the idea of repetition uh, uh, it, for me is like um, ritual creates belief creates reality, right? Mm-hmm. And so a lot of the stuff that I've been just kind of getting having fun with is uh, is sort of this idea of what rituals you uh, subject yourself to, and it seems like mm. you are doing this sort of deliberately and uh, altering your reality to some degree mm-hmm. by, uh, like, through understanding of how these mechanisms work and getting mm-hmm. yourself into these really interesting spaces. It could be scary, but it seems like you have such a, like, I would, I would define you as even like a pretty strong magician just in terms of like the way that you, it seems like you're playing with your beliefs a little bit and, mm-hmm. and altering your reality, which is probably really fun and really exciting, but yeah, thank you. So that's really sweet. actually. But, but, I don't think I've heard that before, but I, yeah, that's, but it's, it's, um, for me, I'm, I I think I definitely have a different chemical makeup than you. So <laughs> for me, all of this, it's like, it's really exciting, but it's also terrifying because <laughs> like when you yeah. start playing with your perception like that, um, have you ever had any moments where you're just like, holy shit, like I should take it easy or are, have you been, I mean, it seems like you've been doing this for so long that you have like built your way up to this. Like you weren't, you didn't just start fucking with your perception yesterday. So mm-hmm. you have a pretty good handle of where you're at, but have there been any like doors that you've opened? <laughs> you've been, like, <laughs> that I wanted to close. <laughs> yeah. It, like blobs that you've seen that are like, Oh, maybe that's a little dark for what I'm into. Yeah. I not think... to, not to like ground us into darkness, but I'm just saying like, yeah. this is like self percept self deception can be pretty crazy. Yeah. I, um, I would say, uh, like the personas I build, like my definition of a persona too is very wide ranged, mm. as you can imagine. And so there is a certain amount of, um, it's part of me. And so whatever I do, whatever I, uh, how I present myself is I wouldn't fake it, you know, in a certain oh, no. sense. And so, no, 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 but that's, that's why what's scary about it. Okay. Okay. It's, it's, it's very, it's in a way, it's a very vulnerable space. Um, yeah, yeah. I, and the, and I think, uh, my general view on like a lot of the, you know, ways I like dance or talk about things is there is some sort of like cynicism towards, you know, Oh, absolutely. <laughs> and, no, and I get that. to it. But I think that's, um, I can't, think of a specific example um but in a way i think that uh there are opportunities that have yet to present themselves that i probably will be like oh shoot like i shouldn't have done that i should have um created something about that you know and so um i think it's interesting how uh you think of like yeah you're seeing my work as very like uh fluid and bubbly and all that but also it's uh in a way it's a I'm tr- it's it's part of me because I'm so controlling with a lot of things I do like I mm-hmm. tried to like go at least through what I make and so um that is a scary part in a way that I and that's why I ask I because yeah. it does it even though it's uh, it's abstract it does feel kind of personal like mm-hmm. you you know you are showing us your living room when you dance and you yeah. are showing us your thought process which I don't necessarily think a lot of artists are making art about the way that they think necessarily. Mm-hmm. And that's very much present in what you do, right? Yeah. Like, like, obviously, you know, I can think of examples of photographers that have thinking behind their work, but it's not necessarily like, I think to some degree, the performance is the thought process. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. Uh, you're showing us how you think. But that can be a very vulnerable thing. But also, like, the way that you think can be uh, very, very open. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And so I'm assuming that that, with that comes taking on a lot, right? Like, you're, Mm -hmm. you're, you're, and then also... But the, and and I didn't think about this, but yeah, you could also be seen as being making light of something that somebody might take offense to. In the more abstract you get about things, and the more mm-hmm. cynical you get, so yeah. that's an interesting interesting concern. Mm-hmm. Um, yep, it's it's because uh, sometimes 
like I think it's part of the kind of idea of like the meta art practice. Like I like to show the layers. I want to show as much as I can. Yeah. Um, not for all of the works that I do. Sometimes they tend to be more hidden and embedded and layered within the works themselves. And I often don't talk about what the background story is for those. But at least um, the works that I create for social media or that specific audience, I think it's it's interesting because it is in a way a subversive act. Like, okay, like why is she talking about influencers? Why is she doing this and that? That is unconventional for um, what the experience generally is. Um, yeah. There are artists who use um, Instagram or Facebook or Twitter for performances, but um, I'm more interested in the mechanisms of, yeah, or just kind of engaging or confronting people who are there um, and finding something unexpected. And so in a way that is a challenge. Um, but it's, I think, I, I hope more people would do it. You know, I think there yeah. is a lot of value to just knowing you, you can go to artist talk and hear somebody talk about their process. But I think, uh, I feel more akin to those who are able to, this is what's been happening. This is what's going on. And yeah, this yeah. is, and then you see that happen in the work they create afterwards. Mm -hmm. And that is so fascinating to me. And thinking or thought processes or the making, um, because I'm such a big proponent for doing, um, that is like, that's, yeah, I don't know. I'm, that's what I'm trying to do basically through how I make. And it's pretty new. Like I haven't done this. Like, I mean, it's been only two years probably of me being yeah. fully aware and trying to make my process more visible. Um, but it's not just within visual arts. I think that's, um, like, you know, within literature or even science, I think the more transparency there is, um, within the back, you know, the more anti-black box we are, uh, yeah. Demystifying <laughs> it yeah. because I think that a lot of people have, uh, you, I think a lot of more people are artists than realize that they are, uh, oh, because totally. they haven't yeah. been allowed to really, but they think abstractly, whatever they may be, have, have been raised to be much more pragmatic than, uh, than the rest of us. But, yeah. but I, I, you know, it is, it is a saddening thing and maybe not healthy for society for so many artists to be repressed. Mm. Cause, cause I, I, it's, it's, uh, it's a dark place where people go to when they can't, uh, access that. Right. Like mm. e even, even for myself, I just don't necessarily, I'm not always doing the best when I'm not being creative or doing like you say, right? But I think mm -hmm. that for some people, it's it's a lot easier to just get into that space. So I really, I do appreciate that aspect of what you're doing in terms of making that uh, open. It does uh, make people, I think, it makes me feel like, oh yeah, look, she's doing this shit and like, she really isn't taking it that seriously. And you can do serious. it too. Yeah, you can do it too, you know? Yeah. And, uh, and so, yeah, I mean, I can definitely relate to that. I mean, that's basically what I'm trying to do with the show is also just get into that process. And like, yeah. um, even when I'm <laughs> just like, I think that I don't know, it, it, it's helpful yeah. to see how other people make work to yeah. sort of free up your ideas of how you do it. And I talk about like, you know, uh, I've been talking more about actually self-identified artists and those who, you know, like I, even that word artist, I, it took me a very long time. I went back and forth of yeah, calling myself to... or not, or I would say like, Oh, somebody who co contributes to the conversation around the arts. Oh. Like I would actually, I had a, <laughs> that's like saying well, African American instead of black. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I can see that. Um, but yeah, I, I can, in a way, you know, like I think there's um, the the kind of the, the the idea of the practice or the um, so that you need some sort of credential or the fact that you need to be acknowledged by others to be an artist. Yeah. I, I totally do not um, subscribe to that model. Or even like, um, yeah, artist is a genius. That's bullshit. You know, yeah, and, yeah, yeah. Um, that I think there's something there. The 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 more we use it, then it's again, going back to words, the more I use the word artist and the more weird shit I do, <laughs> the more broader the term can be. And it shouldn't be exclusive. Like, and I think everybody has that kind of, um, creative juice that they can work with yeah. to create whatever, whatnot within, yeah, whatever context they're working with professionally or as a hobby. And, um, yeah, just, 
and it could even be like you know a, a drawing a kid did it's on the refrigerator yeah, <laughs> in their parents house and like that's just something that i i really appreciate um yeah and those are the kind of uh i'm fortunate enough to be around a community of people who think alike and so um that's why i think doing is so important because unless you actually do something make something like create a podcast like or interview people like it won't exist yeah, and yeah. can't talk about it. Of course you have to be extremely responsible. <laughs> That's what I constantly talk about when I talk to students, especially, you know, being able to, you know, you can say whatever you want to say, but you will be reaping yeah, yeah. <laughs> whatever conversation that spews from it. So you should be prepared. Yeah, you, know, you summon the, what what uh, <laughs> the dangers. The yeah. dangers of making is that you cannot. Yeah, you have to be prepared for the consequences yeah. <laughs> of what you make. No, and that's the one of those things that as more people listen and I become more aware of it. <laughs> yep. yep. It can it, it can be a little bit overwhelming. Yeah. And like when you when you realize that people are listening to you. So I I can I I really like that uh just how like I I kind I guess if you you've really only been doing it for the last two years I've pretty much been watching it happen. Um, I also liked recently you had Peter Max Lawrence, uh, a Kung Fu oh, fight yes. on, <laughs> on him. Peter's, yeah. One of my, yeah, we, we, we collaborated and we still yeah. collaborate and one of my best friends. Yeah. Yeah. He's a, he's a very nice guy. I, yeah. I had him on the show and it was a lot of fun to talk to him. Oh, I bet. I was on, uh, <laughs> other, other, uh, pay, uh, paper waster radio, um, yeah. show. <laughs> oh, that was so fun. Um, but yeah, it's like, you know, P Peter's a great example too. Like he keeps making in whatever form that is, yeah, like yeah, he yeah. tries out new things. And yeah, I think, uh, pigeonholing is scary because of that. You know, once like you're associated with, Oh, that person does this, then that's, probably the moment where I'd be like, Oh no. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I mean that in a way, you know, makes it difficult for me to work in the conventional art world or gallery space, you know, yeah. <laughs> having an agent probably. But, um, I, yeah, I don't subscribe to that model as much. Like if it happens, great, but if it's fine. If well, it you're writing <laughs> books. It's not like you're having a hard time finding your own path, right? Yeah, I mean it's all new. It just it just all evolves. Uh, yeah, I'm just saying like you're not. You, it doesn't seem like you're. You need to be stressed out about what you're doing. It's like oh, uh, no, it's never. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It seems like you got you got a pretty good handle on everything. What, what's <laughs> your PhD? Know. Who knows? Uh, <laughs> <You> <laughs> who knows know, whether oh, handlebars gonna fall off? Um, oh, I, <laughs> I thought you were, you were saying who knows what your PhD is? Oh, was. Are it's you doing called a yeah. It's a, a practice-based art PhD called um, Intermediate Art Writing and Performance. Um, very long name, and uh -huh. it's at the uh, University of Colorado Boulder. Um, it's very new; only been around for four years, and uh, yeah, it's. I work with um, uh, faculty from various departments, and. Uh, it's been great. It's a good headspace. Like I never, if you asked me five, six years ago, <laughs> um, like, well, what do you think about PhD? I, I would not, yeah, have responded yeah. to the way I do now, but, um, yeah. But that's cool. Cause it seems like you definitely, cool. yeah. you have a specific, uh, course of, of specifically blobs that you want <laughs> to, uh, explore and the, and the, so is your phd <laughs> gonna be no is your, is not your really your this paper is all like about? a side effect of, <laughs> of being immersed in boulder and um trying this to is, find this a is, community it's blobbing your brain is what the it phd is, yeah. is doing <laughs> yeah but i'm mostly focusing thinking speaking of what's my thesis uh, <laughs> um i'm i talk about um multimedia persona building and world, world building um and okay. so it's a little bit more broad and talking about practice-based research a little bit more. And, um, I'm creating, so in my, my thesis work, <laughs> I am working on a project called synthetic empathic intelligent companion artifacts, Seika human interaction labs. <laughs> <laughs> and it's a, um, collaboration with 12 different personas, um, that are all, uh, various researchers and, um, 
of a. And they're uh, all your personas, right? Yes. Okay, you're not, you're not uh, uh, collaborating with anyone on this. No. Okay. <laughs> well, I work with other people um, in collaboration uh, through the personas, but mostly the the core members of this organization is me. It's a virtual organization that um, tries to research on the human tech human uh, relationship and try to create. Um, companion artifacts, which are mm -hmm. these like, synthetic uh, entities that provide companionship to humans so they can connect more um, to each other and to the world. <laughs> Have you read any of uh, Bill Joy's uh, work, especially the Wired Magazine article from like 92 about uh, why, the f is, is it why the future doesn't need us or something? It's uh, uh, oh no, no I'm not familiar. No. Oh, okay, no. Uh, I I did uh, an, an episode on the singularity, but so ah. so th this, but like it's just like very. There's the there's two guys. There's uh, Bill Joy and another guy who I forget who go around talking about like how computers will either save or destroy us, and I get the feeling mm. that <laughs> that you just like play with robots as if they're like teddy bears or <laughs> but oh, but scary ter it's like uh, teddy rucks ruck spins that like have gone uh rogue <laughs> kind of thing and <laughs> become sentient and you're not sure what that means kind of thing is that an accurate uh yeah. <laughs> I, I would say more of the personas some of them are a little bit more rogue than others and so it shares both the dystopic and utopic vision okay so that's say... why you have uh the 12 disciples of <laughs> fate why 12 specifically i wouldn't say they're fake um no fate 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 oh fates yeah i uh, they um so there's different roles um there's uh there's four there's five different labs that are in operation um <laughs> and so i feel it like just, we're playing dungeons and dragons right now this is yes, fine exactly. let's go <laughs> um which in the what I wrote about blobs, I do talk about that briefly. Um, oh, okay. Blobbers um, and video games that didn't have. Um, You're talking to yeah. me on a gamer headset, you said. Do you play video games? Uh, I used to, but it was more like, yeah, I'm not like an intense gamer, but I did work in the gaming industry briefly. And um, I do like puzzle games. I was a huge Katamari Damacy fan. Okay. Um, and uh, yeah, so more so in that line, uh, rather than it being like I'm playing fallout or gta okay. <laughs> but uh i have a lot of friends who play games and so i'm yeah i'm aware of the, the so, whole house so sorry back to your disciples i just i, oh, I, yeah. <laughs> I just I, I do know that you're very techy which is very exciting because uh, you're, you're also coming out of san francisco right yeah, yeah. so so that might be like a very specific perspective with all that's happening over there, but go back, go back to the 12 disciples. Oh, so there's a, and I, yeah. that's what I call them. I, I, I <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry. Great. That's not like the, no, you, you do you. <laughs> I, I see a, the world so through Catholicism and you're going to have to deal with that. <laughs> that's totally fine. I see the world through blobs. And so we're the same page. Here. I need to, I need to do that for myself. I need to blob myself. Awesome. Do, do, I'm so happy to use that word too. <laughs> um, and so oh, my, all my social media posting is going to be completely derivative of this conversation yes, after this. Do so. I'm going to be like, I'm abstract too, guys. <laughs> <laughs> I think you're pretty abstract. Oh, thank I mean, you. you use big words, but still. Um, <laughs> um, so within this uh, virtual organization, there's four different labs, and there's a living thing research lab, human condition research lab, speculative human research lab, intermediary interface research lab, okay. <laughs> and a prototype lab. And um, there's various individuals that work on different projects, and one's um, like an intern. Okay. <laughs> uh, there's one that's a paid uh, or non-paid robot. That's controversial. <laughs> um, and if you you could go on the website, uh, SekaLabs.org, and if you click on the organization uh, uh, page, there is a uh, a little Laura there, <laughs> early twenties, unpaid intern Laura. Um, <laughs> but uh, one of the uh, lab researcher lead is a virtual human. So there's also a lot of like, perspectives shifting. Like she is, her name's Laura TBD. And she talks about kind of like the virtual human side of technology um, that's more human centric. Mm -hmm. And so 
um, it's it's really interesting. This the way the project is evolving is super interesting because um, yeah, through different people that I'm in, like archetypes I'm embodying, I'm able to talk about different ways of how technology is being talked about. And the way I talk about robots or artificial intelligence is definitely not coming from a scientific or or technological side. Like I'm Mm -hmm. not an engineer programmer. I don't really um, understand it as much. But what I am very interested in is how the media like packages our perception towards what innovation is, how technology is talked about, Um, just coming more from the San Francisco like scene and seeing how. Um, hyperbolic everything is um and also like i i my relationship you talked about like are the fuzzy bear robots what kind of robots there are um there's uh one robot that i developed um with you know all of my collaborators that's part of the virtual organization um mm. that is called copro light copro and I don't know if you know coprolites, which is basically uh, fossilized feces. <laughs> and oh, so, no. Okay. So, I did yeah, not. That was not take... part of my vocabulary. Sorry. <laughs> but thank you. <laughs> now <laughs> now I can be a hit at parties. Yes. Hey, you heard about that thing? Coprolite? <laughs> <laughs> it's petrified. <laughs> yeah, petrified uh, feces. Yeah. Um, but there's a robot that's modeled after coprolites um, that's supposed to help digital natives, which I don't like that term, but digital natives um, to learn about data. What's a digital they- native? I actually don't know that term. Um, digital natives are those who are kind of, I like to describe them as those born on social media. Um, okay. Or uh, kids who, whose parents are millennials are, are probably you, digital are you, natives. Are you a millennial um, or an exennial? I'm, I'm a millennial. Okay. Um, I'm definitely not a zillennial. But zillennial. Yeah. I mean, millennial, I think, is it's from 82, right? 82 to... Uh, I... I nine. Uh, yeah, it's, it's pretty wide. I grew up with the internet. <laughs> yep. Or yep. at least I, I was a teenager with it. Oh, so you kind of experienced the 90s internet to full extent. Yes. I used to yeah. wait for porn to download. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> one 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 image, <laughs> one pixel row at a time. Yeah. <laughs> I remember getting my first email account and now I can't access it because it's, I forget, I forgot the password. And since I'm not a Korean citizen, I can't yeah claim it anymore for some reason oh there's like they gave out uh government pass uh, or emails yeah i think if you don't know your password you have to send in like some sort of identification form and i just don't have it so (laughs) it's complicated i can't access my first email account ever anymore wow wow um my first email account was heresy 39 so that tells you about like who i was (laughs) (laughs) i was laura dash kim okay Um, (laughs) you were uh you you you, those uh years of uh internet (laughs) uh normalization made you much more mature by the time at least it wasn't 69 (laughs) no 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 uh i i yeah i try to keep it clean online <laughs> no i mean i meant for mine like at oh, least it was oh, just yeah. heresy <laughs> <laughs> so fucking goth <laughs> well, it's kind of like links to your your your, your lens through christianity <laughs> yeah yeah absolutely absolutely just rebelling at that time like oh my god I, i'm an atheist i don't believe in god i'm a heretic <laughs> there was also a video game called heretic at the time that was kind of cool oh, it was like yeah. a doom with magic at least you didn't call yourself a hermit no <laughs> <laughs> although i could have very... that could have been a very uh, indicative of your personality <laughs> <laughs> No, it's been an absolute pleasure to actually talk to you and meet you uh, in uh, in voice form and have a little insight behind uh, what you're doing with the social media. It's definitely going to make me more thoughtful about what I'm doing. So I I really appreciate the conversation just from that standpoint because um, I am becoming aware that people are, you know, listening. <laughs> and I can't just like fuck around anymore the same yep. way uh, that I did it earlier on. I but, think it's always good to, yeah, be aware of it, but also, but also fuck uh, around. Yeah, still. you know, 
see what yeah but also fuck around if you need to yeah. <laughs> yeah it's part of it yeah i mean yeah the more conscious you get the more controlled you get you know and then it becomes stale too it could become stale yeah and definitely so, yeah keep it keeping it real <laughs> all right <laughs> well so, do much, you, so do you want to promote your book again what's it called Blobs? Oh yeah, um, it's called "Entering the Blobosphere: Amusing on Blobs," and it's releasing on June seventeenth by the Accomplices and Civil Coping Mechanisms. They're awesome, um, yeah, people from uh, based in Portland. Nice. Yeah. Congratulations on being Thank published. Thank you. That's very exciting. That's yeah, a I'm, huge deal. Yeah, I'm very, very. I, yeah, I'm so excited. Like it's, it's in a way, it's very, it's still very surreal. Like I don't, yeah, I never expected myself to be. <laughs> people are gonna read something it. Something that people are gonna read it. That's, and then, and yeah. then have opinions about it. <laughs> that is the scary part, but also exhilarating part because it means that I can have a conversation and also think about, you know, how my thoughts translate, uh, whether it's effective or not. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Yeah. All right, such a cool. pleasure. What's My Thesis is produced by Javier Proenza, who is talking in the third person. Reach out at whatsmythesis at gmail.com and follow us on all social media at whatsmythesis. Don't forget to review and subscribe. And if you donate to our Patreon, this is where I'll give you a shout out and make up what kind of art you make based entirely on your name and nothing else. <laughs> <laughs>